It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Ryan is here with me. Ryan. Good uh, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening. Yes. I hope you're uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast each week and I uh, hope you're enjoying your week. And I really just want to say I appreciate you uh, tuning in, whether you watch on YouTube or whether you listen on Stitcher or Apple or whatever, Spotify, spread the word, write a review. It really helps the show. We always say that, but, you know, maybe new listeners are listening because they're listening to Stephen Amell. And we'll get right into the interview, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, I'll be in Atlanta at Dragon Con this coming weekend and then the following weekend in Lexington, Kentucky at a con and then in West Virginia at the end of the month. So just look on uh, Twitter or um, all that stuff. But uh, come see me. It'll be fun. I'm doing a Smallville Nights with Tom Welling in in uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, that's a lot of fun. And uh, doing one by myself in West Virginia on like the 24th or something that weekend. Uh, also, if you want to buy any merch, the Inside of You online store, 10% off all merch. The the code, is that what you'd say? Yeah, that's a thing you say. Is Ryan is 10 for 10% off. Ryan is 10? Ryan is 10. Oh, Ryan, R-Y-A-N-I-S-10. Like year, and, years old? Yeah, maybe. And then my band, Sunspin. If you go to sunspin.com, uh, you want any merch, 10% off all merch. Rob is 10. R-O-B-I-S-10. Rob is 10. What are these socials, Ryan? Uh, they are at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Please follow us. We love that. And uh, what was the other thing? Oh, Patreon. If you want to join the lovely Patreon family uh, to support the podcast a little bit more, I love that. I'll message you right away or as soon as I can. Just go to patreon.com slash inside of you, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash inside of you. Uh, we got a great podcast today. Stephen Amell, he's been on the podcast a few times before, but every time he comes, he gives a surprise. He talks about something else, something. He brings it. He brings it. I love having this guy on the show. Uh, He doesn't live far from me, and he's always a sport. And uh, I just want to say thanks, Stephen, if you're listening, which I, I hope you do. Uh, it's a really fun interview. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this. And his new show, Heels on Stars, make sure you watch that. Uh, it's a good time. That is a good time. Amateur wrestling at its best, for sure. Let's get into Stephen Amell. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You. Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Dude, you've been on a few times. I'm yes. pumped to have you back. Thank you. I mean, you've really run the game in a sense that you, you know, you've had, you had a, we had a great episode. Then you had an anxiety attack. I did. Which then you, you, it was still a great episode. And then you came back and you said you had COVID. I mean, you've been a guest that has like all these surprises well, there every two, time you come on. Yeah. And there's two things that I want to do before we can get into whatever you have <laughs> prepared. Too. I don't have anything. Are you ready? Prepared. Yeah. I want to do this for a long time because I listened to the show. All right. 
It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Yes. You know, I thought it sh- that is beautiful. Thank you. Ryan, give it up for fucking Amel. Amel doing it. That, you know, no one's ever done that. And by the way, do you think I should keep that? Never change it. Never ever. change it for anybody? Ever. Ever, ever, ever. That's kind of my thing. It was just it's like a, a thing now. It's like the BMW that I saw in the carport as I was walking in here. It's what, it's there. Was it, the one that has the dust that's clearly been what, sitting wasn't there. Wasn't my since, BMW? No, it wasn't. But it was like a three series from t- like 2001, and it's clearly been in that parking spot since 2000. You mean just in front of my house? Yeah, yeah. People don't move. They just like park their cars, and then I end up getting them towed because I'm tired of looking at that car. Um, I have done that before. I have a second thing. Yeah, Are go ahead, Joe. Please. Okay. Please. I'm so excited for this. Okay. I got asked to get off a plane leaving austin texas i i heard about that and i was like i know you texted me yeah texted me but like i love that you just see you're unlike any other guest i have a guest like i just interviewed and they're like i don't want to talk about that and you talk about everything you're an open book and that's why i think it's it's healthy and people like you uh thank you I wanted to have just a slight runway here to be able to to, to talk about this because what happened was, and it's very, very simple. All right. uh, I had too many drinks and I had too many drinks in a public place. Right. And I got on a plane and the reason that I wanted to talk about it is, and we'll, we'll get to it eventually, this will all make sense, is I was pissed off about something else that had nothing to do with Cass, my wife. Right. And I picked a fight. Just I picked a fight because I wanted to be loud and upset. And it was a fight. As in like, it was not an argument. In order to have an argument, two people, two have, people have, have to be right, talking. Engaged. My wife said one thing the entire time, which was, if you don't lower your voice, they're going to ask you to get off the plane. That's the only thing that she said the entire and time. And what are you doing the whole time? I was, I can't even, you know, honestly, I can't even remember what I was upset about, which was indicative of two things. A, handle your liquor. I had too many drinks. Right. And, and, and B, it clearly wasn't important. I was just upset and wanted to be upset. And sure enough, after she said this, a guy came by and he said, sir, you have to keep your voice down, please. Just and a I, random guy or a flight attendant? N- uh, it wasn't a flight attendant. It was the guy that the flight attendant had clearly called. So obviously Cass was 100% right here. Right. I was being loud. I was probably dropping a few F-bombs. I've got the noise canceling. This is not an excuse. I'm oh. not here to make, I'm not here to make excuses because he's 100% on my fault. And you're being louder but than I'm, you. But yeah. And I don't even want to, I don't want to smile while I'm telling this story because it, it, I'm actually, frankly, like deeply ashamed of it. Um. But I got asked, I was quiet for 10 minutes. The guy came back. Clearly I had made somebody uncomfortable and someone had said something and they just make the decision. You got to get off the plane. So I got off the plane. I booked on the next flight. I went from, did you sober up for the next flight? (laughs) Yeah, I sure did. (laughs) Want to know why? Because I was sitting in row 17 in the middle seat as, as opposed to, I I mean, I I want to get home. Right. But, uh, uh, but then I found out that it was going to come out on TMZ. And and when I found that out, and the reason I want to bring it up is because I talked about it. And in my one thing that I said about it on the internet, I referred to it as an argument between my wife and I. 
And it wasn't. It was not an argument. It was just you being loud. It was me. It, this is a hundred percent my fault. Like I, I feel like I went the better part of 10 years without, you know, being an asshole in public. I was an asshole in public. Well, she, how pissed was Cass? Super pissed. And she should be pissed. And she was frankly, uh, even more pissed when I said argument as opposed to pick a fight. And I sent that tweet at like four o'clock in the morning because I woke up to a text from my buddy in Toronto that just said, are you okay? And I went, oh my God. It's out. It's out. And they used this shitty old photo from like seven years ago. And the whole, the whole thing sucks. It's, 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 it's really, it's really, really shameful. And it makes you kind of look, look in the mirror. And And I just realized a couple of things. Don't, uh, you know, if people are going to recognize you, uh, you know, don't necessarily drink in a public place, but more importantly, don't drink in a public place if you can't handle your shit. But I've never known you to be someone who can't handle their alcohol or gets a little uh, uh, out there with it. Well, on occasion, that is what happens. But I mean, don't do it on a plane, you fucking loser. And and that was it. And you texted me on the on the B side of it. So, I mean, that's it. That's the whole story. But you know, the, 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 the long tail, the B side of it is the fucking phone calls that you have to make apologizing because the story hits and, you know, I've got to call my mom and I've got to call. What happened? What were you doing? Are you okay? Are you okay, buddy? It's like, yes, I'm okay. Let me ask you this. Did you resist them taking you off the plane? No. And that's the scariest part for me. The scariest part is that I was inebriated. I was upset. And it would have been very easy when the gentleman came up and said, you collect your things. Let's talk at the top of the entranceway. And I said to him, please do not make me get off this plane. I I was focused in. I was staring out the window. I wasn't going to say a word for the next two and a half hours. And he said, well, collect your things. We'll talk about it at the top of the entranceway. And I went, okay. But you were tempted to be a little bit. Well, what if I, if I, if I just casually, flippantly, not being in sound mind and body, if I offer like a quick passive fuck off and all of a sudden I'm in, I'm in bracelets. Yeah. I, I might, I mean, maybe I destroy my entire life, my entire career. So I think ultimately very ashamed of it, trying to make amends for it, specifically with, with my wife. But she's forgiven you at this point. This has been well, a while. I mean, I mean, it's a work in it's a work in progress. It was. It's not the best, right? I mean, you can you can work through things, but that doesn't mean they didn't happen, right? Well, what kind of conversations do you have at home? Do you have conversations like Cass saying things like, "I don't like seeing you like that. I don't want to be around that." I, well, I mean, not not since not since that point, right? But I don't know. I, I just you know, this is a weird experience that we all live in where people just sort of give you whatever you want. Mm. And, and occasionally that leads to just not setting appropriate boundaries in your own, in your own life. So we're having conversations about that, about just basic stuff. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing, but I'm, it's a good thing that we have those conversations. I'm just, I'm just happy that I didn't give the tertiary passive fuck off because then I'm in a, then I'm in jail in Austin yeah. And, and then it's bigger than it was. Well, then, then, then like, yeah, it, it was bigger than it was to begin with. Right. It's just like, can I just fuck up in peace? 
please. And like yeah. by myself, because I see lots of people drunk on planes where I'm like, oh, but that guy's so fucking loud. He's 100%. Drunk. And they're being belligerent. You're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be a problem on the, on the plane. Somebody take this guy off mm-hmm. and it makes you uncomfortable. I've, I've seen that with a lot. I mean, a lot of people, some people don't like to fly. They like to drink their way through a flight. Sure. You know, people like, you know, I take maybe a, a little bit of Xanax or I used yeah, to. I don't fuck to, with that. To kind of chill out. I, it's been a while, but like, especially in those long flights, I get anxiety, man. I've had anxiety attacks on planes where I'm like, I think I need to tell them to emergency land. I can't fucking do this. And oh. I have to talk myself out of it. I got to listen to some kind of music. And the, the guy next to me is like. Mike, he's got to be aware of me. So which, which episode of your podcast do you put on to relax yourself? <laughs> you know what's funny? I don't, I don't, the last, none of them. Do you fall asleep to the sound of your own voice? I for don't sure. listen to my episodes. <laughs> do you I, not? I, I don't listen to my episodes. I, really? swear, I swear to God. Oh, on wow. occasion, I've listened, I'd say out of the 150 that I've done, I might have listened to half an episode. Um, I trust Ryan and his editing. I trust Bryce, producer. And I just, I, I did the interview. I had a nice moment with someone. I don't feel you like know I what didn't listen to what? You, well, you know what you said. As in like, you, I know, you, what I said, you know what you said. Yeah, I know what I said. Okay, well, hey, if I meandered at all through this, you know, looking at the looking at Ryan, the producer right now, if I meandered at all through this explanation, just, just remember the key points are totally my fault, fucked up, <laughs> not a fight. Okay. It's Excuse perfect. me, not an argument. No, no, I can cut around the words to make it seem like it. it Thank you very much. It's fantastic. Yeah, if no, you can make that a cogent thought, I really no appreciate remorse. it. <laughs> we're oh, going to get into heels on, on stars because I just watched it and I, I really freaking loved it. But, oh, I, but yeah. first, you know, it's funny. My first question was because I don't think we ever talked about it was, you know, and it's funny. I wanted to talk to, but you went to school, for, uh, all school for boys, which started making me think, didn't you learn anything? Have you just told me this story? This all school for boys. What was it like going to a school for boys? Was it a disciplinary thing with you? No, it wasn't. My dad went there, a school called St. Andrews College. Uh, it was in Aurora, Ontario, just north of Toronto. And no, I, I, we lived in Toronto, but that's about an hour away. So I boarded. I loved it. I loved it and couldn't stop meeting girls the second, the second that I went there. What, well, how's that possible? It's not a boys' school. I was very handsome as a teenager. You found a way, <laughs> didn't you? But they weren't disciplinarians. They weren't like very strict at this school. No, that school's the reason that I'm an actor. What do you mean? Uh, William Schooler was the drama teacher when I was there. I believe that he is still the the head of drama at St. Andrews. And uh, he, he would literally go down to the field where the first football team, the varsity football team practiced. And he would grab guys that played football or played soccer or played rugby or played hockey. And he would tell them that they needed to be involved in the fall play or the spring play or the drama festival that we put on the spring called focus and he would get, I mean, what's, what's the, what's the stereotypical delineation for high schools? You have jocks, you, you what? Geeks. Geeks. Uh, the, I, where, theater, where do theater people fall? Uh, theater goers. Theater goers. <laughs> or yeah, what would you call theater goers? Thespians. Sure. Thespians. Sure. Yes. So the cool thing about St. Andrews is that they didn't allow the student body to just specialize. Want to play hockey? Great. You got to go be a jet in West Side Story 
Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Because all I did was play sports. I didn't think about acting for a second. That's got to be terrifying for an athlete or someone who doesn't have any desire to do theater. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's terrifying, and I think it promotes a huge amount of growth. It really does. I mean, th- th- there are. I mean, I got a buddy Nick Abraham, a buddy Kevin Richards, both prodigious athletes. Kevin played uh, played f- soccer for Notre Dame, and I, I think was probably pretty close to playing nationally for for Bermuda. And, um, oh my God, I'm going to forget his name for a minute. Who's the villain in West Side Story? Rico? Possibly? Tony? No, no. Well, I uh, played Tony. Oh, you, you played I, Tony. I played Tony. Oh. Oh, the Maria. villain. No. no so, did so, you yeah. sing that? Of course I did. Of You're course a I singer? Did. Yeah. And the all of that. The most beautiful sound I, I ever heard. heard. Maria. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. dude. Yeah, there it is. But that's all because of St. Andrews. Uh, in the boarding life, it, our school day was not nine o'clock in the morning to three o'clock in the afternoon. It was seven o'clock in the morning from, you know, waking up your housemates for breakfast to class to practice or a game uh, for the sports team that you're playing for to whatever extracurricular thing you would do. I would have days that would start at seven o'clock in the morning, wouldn't end until 10 o'clock at night. What, what was your first play? Inherit the Wind. It's based off the it's it's a book based off the Scopes Monkey Trial, where they were trying to teach evolution in a southern classroom. Right. And I did it to go to a drama festival in Ottawa, which is the about five hours away from Toronto, just just to meet girls. And William Schooler came up to me, the drama, the head of drama, and said, You have great focus. I would like you to come and play Malcolm in Macbeth this fall. Went awesome. Great. That was it. Inside of You is brought to you by Shopify. You've heard me talk about Shopify. It's because I use Shopify. I love it. It's so easy to use. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch or online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Why it's so easy is when I want to add a product, You just go to your Shopify page and under products, you hit products, it says add a product. And then you go in there and you add a picture of your product, which is self-explanatory right there. A little description, how much it weighs, how many of the item you have, and you're ready for business. It's so easy. And I say that because I can do it. And the analytics are easy to see what your best selling product is. And, uh, you know, what's not selling so you don't reorder things that aren't working. And it's just so easy to use. And I, uh, I really dig it. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Yeah, I sell t-shirts and, and tumblers and scripts and... Whatever you want to sell, it doesn't matter. You can do it on Shopify. Once you start selling, Shopify makes getting paid simple by instantly accepting every type of payment. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash inside, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash inside now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash inside. Inside of you is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Synaletic. I've been using this stuff, Ryan, for focus. Uh, I just feel better, a sense of well-being. If you want to help resist aging at the cellular level, you got to try Qualia Synaletic. Um, have you heard about Synaletics, Ryan? Uh, I have a little bit, but why don't you tell me about it's it? It's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago, and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity, but let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why we use Qualia Senolytic. If someone would have told me that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I, you know, I wouldn't have believed it. And then I tried Qualia Senolytic. And just to let you guys know, I was trying this stuff before they became a sponsor, and I've said this before, but it's important to know because I love this product before they were the, uh, our sponsor, and I felt like it was working for me. I felt like I had a focus. I just felt my memory, everything, uh, sense of well-being. I just felt better, and um, I know people, listeners that have come up to me saying how much it works for them. and. I like that. I like that it's it's not just me that notices the effects, but everyone else around me. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with the middle age feeling, also known as zombie cells. They are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. It's kind of like pruning and the yellowing uh, of, of dead leaves off a plant. Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And you get a 100-day money-back guarantee. Um, like I said, my energy levels are up. I feel younger when I take it. I feel more focus, less aches and pains, and Lord knows I have those. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, but wait a minute, the first play you did, were you terrified? Uh, no, I get, wow. I get, I get real nervous before things, but I don't get nervous when I'm actually on stage. 
What about you? Do you well, first of all, do you do that still even to this day? Like when you're shooting heels, you're shooting arrow, you're shooting a whatever, a movie. Do you get nervous gearing up for the role, all the prep, and then once you get on set, it becomes easier? Yes. I I get nervous at the beginning of anything, at the beginning of a season, at the beginning of season eight of Arrow, right before that first you're nervous take, season I'm, eight. I'm I've I've shit four times that day. I'm that nervous. And does anyone know that besides you? No. You just keep it to yourself. You keep that confidence. You you make it. It's a, a mirage. Uh, well, no, I no, I no, I don't. I don't keep the confidence. I actually sort of let it. I, I let it all. I, I let it all go away. So I guess not everyone knows it, but I will go to the director or our producing director if I if I knew that person better, and I'll just say. I, is this okay? Is this usable? Am I fucking up? Because I, because I, I, I need to hear that. I need to hear that, that that take was good enough. You need a little validation. Yes, I do. I I think most actors do. I think a lot of actors would be better off if they just fucking admitted that they need it and went and got it. Go get it. Do, Do feel better about the next take. So if I go to James Bamford or if I go to Pete Siegel on heels or if I go to Mike O'Malley, uh, our showrunner on heels, or Glenn Winter or Gord or whoever the director is, I'm conflating shows here and I'm, ta- I'm using first names like everyone knows who I'm talking about. I knew Glenn Winter from Arrow. Oh, there you I, go. Knew, I knew Pete Siegel well, from you knew heels. Him from, well, you knew from, well, you knew Glenn from Smallville. From Small, of course. Right. But it's like, hey, was that good? Yeah, it was good. But like, Last season, episode 17, good? Or like, we're just moving on to the next shot, good? No, Steven, it was good. Okay. Is that all you need? Yeah, I was, I was literally just checking. And then do you want to watch the dailies to make no, sure it was not, good? No, not at all. No, <laughs> no, in the same way that you don't listen to your interviews. Right. No, I, no, I don't need to watch the dailies. You no. need to watch it. You trust. I do. Well, I mean, if, 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 if they're lying to me, they're fucking everyone. They're fucking so. everyone. <laughs> That's absolutely true. It's, it's crazy. Uh, you asked me, do I get nervous? Sure. I get nervous from the time, like, you know, a director came over uh, this week and uh, offered me this role in this, this little horror movie that I want to do. Okay. And, uh, you know, I could already sense the nerves. And then, you know, if I do it, I'll get nervous. And then once I learn the lines and I feel the part, and all of a sudden those nerves will start to go away more mm. and more and more. And once I'm on set and I'm working stuff out, they'll just start to dissipate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it works. But there's been times where I'm in my head and in the middle of a scene, I'm, I'm nervous and no one knows it, but I'm like, I'm freaking out a little. Have you ever done that? Like in the middle of a scene, you're kind of nervous for some reason, your nerves are getting to you. Not really because I, I don't know. I, I, ex- oh my God, I'm going to use the wrong analogy because I've, because I've expressed those nerves. You know, like how Ben Stiller jerks off before he goes out with Mary. Okay. I do remember that. To calm to calm the nerves. Yeah. Or like or or or, or Johnny Drama in, in Entourage when he does that as well. Right. But he's he didn't take this fucking mic pack off and they hear it. Um I've 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 done that. You jerk I've, off I've, pretty I, much I have, before. I have I have mentally jerked off by going up to these people and and asking if things are okay. And so that 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 allows me to feel free during the scene, be it 
if I, if I ever feel nerves coming up, I'll just go to people that I trust and, and get affirmation. Besides affirmation, what gets rid of those nerves? What keeps your, keeps you solid, keeps you focused, keeps you feeling good about yourself? It's super simple. Did I do the work? Am I prepared? And that includes probably training. Sure. Yeah. You know when you're ready for stuff. Right. Right. Like, you know, 150 episodes of this show. I'm sure that there's been interviews that you're, you know, wholly prepared for and ones that kind of come together last minute or that, or that frankly, you just kind of like wing it. Like there, I mean, I, I'm not, and I'm not yes. saying that you, I'm not saying that you're not, um, you're not being, it, it, those may be some of your best episodes, but I mean, there's a degree of preparedness. Mm-hmm. And if, if I know that I've done the work, then let the chips fall where they may. I like that. Do you, do you get tired now that you're on another series of talking about Arrow? Does it, is it, or is it too soon? Or do you just like, go? Can, well, they, they just want to talk about Arrow. They just want to talk about this. Or do you feel like there's kind of a, a transition now? That you, or you, or do you accept it and you're sort of like, this is part of me. This is a big show. I loved it. It's great. People are going to always ask me about this. And that's something you've kind of come into, uh, just accept. You remember when the Rangers lost the Stanley Cup final in 2014? Yes, I do. Every moment of it. You remember who scored the goal? When they lost? In game five. In game five. It was probably Kopitar. No, it was Alec Martinez. Fuck, really? Yeah. He, uh, Toffoli came up the right wing, fired a shot, Lundquist kicked out the rebound and just fucking yawning cage. I remember seeing it from the seat that I was in at the Staples Center and I blacked out and I was hugging people 14 rows up when I came to. Do you think that Alec Martinez ever gets tired about talking about that fucking goal that he scored? Well, that's, isn't that different? Uh, I mean, for me, no one really knows Alex Martinez. (laughs) Exactly. Alec. Alec Martinez is except for the goal that he scored in that moment. I'll tell you something right now. There's a lot of, play, I, I hear what you're saying. Okay. But what I'm saying is, I mean, I, there are a lot of Kings fans right now. He plays for a different team now. He's still in the league. Right. I mean, every time that he gets asked, even if it's far less than I get asked about arrow, <laughs> he gets to relive the fact that he scored an overtime goal at home to win the Stanley cup. I, I and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on from arrow, but, Oh, the only time that anyone ever brings it up is to talk about what a fucking raging success it was. Right. So, <laughs> and look, I'm trying to do this because, you know, when we first, I guess when we did our, would have been our first podcast or our second podcast, when I had the, when I had the panic attack, it's because I was trying to get away from something without properly thinking about how important and impactful and and just immense a role it played in my entire life. Right. I, I agree. I hear you. I would, I would say the analogy wasn't exactly spot on on that one. Okay. I think the analogy should have been, well, but Alec Martinez decided to play baseball and he doesn't want to talk about hockey anymore. That's not a good analogy either, is it? No, it's, but a bit of it. But again, he's you know, <laughs> 20 years from now, he's going to be trying to enjoy dinner down in Redondo Beach. Right. Okay. I'm just assuming because that's where like Hermosa, whatever, that's where all the, all the, all the boys on the Kings live. As Manhattan I'm sure, Beach. As, I'm sure, probably, whatever, whatever. They live on the beach. And, uh, you know, he's going to get interrupted at dinner, but he's going to have to recall that moment where he fucking won the Stanley Cup in overtime. I mean, that's also the biggest moment of his life. If like 25 years from now, uh, you know, hypothetically, because you'll do a lot more, but the only thing you've done was arrow and heels. 
which are two great shows, uh, you know, you'd probably, I'm probably what calling you up being like, ah, heels came out 20 years today. Uh, you, uh, let's, you want to, you want to, you want to beam uh, me over to goal. do the he, fucking podcast? He won or the what? Stanley Cup. It's, <laughs> it's a memory that you, the world will remember, or at least the whole city of Los Angeles. And I'll forget. I forgot it. I didn't even remember it because I'm not a big. Hey, Kings you can fan. cut this whole analogy from the. Uh, no, the, the analogies are great. We're learning about analogies as we go on. All right. Look, I want to get into heels because. Okay. Uh, you sent me the screener and yeah. I watched it. And now I realize how hard you fucking worked on that. <laughs> And I know what a perfectionist you are. And I know that you love wrestling so much. You've wrestled with major wrestlers from the WWE. You've been following it your whole life. I can't imagine that it's that easy for you to let things go when you're wrestling on set in scenes and you're doing something and you're like, is does that look real? Let me see that. Like, were you were you so involved in a lot of those um, sequences, those fight sequences? I was incredibly involved. I wanted to bring on people. I mean, we had Luke Hawks, who's an independent professional wrestler. He was says ostensibly like uh, like on Arrow, we had an archery consul- archery consultant. He's like the the wrestling consultant, but all the backstage stuff, the way that wrestlers would talk to each other, the fact that they communicate with the referees um, and that the referee is communicating with someone backstage, et cetera, et cetera. Like all of that stuff, that's shit that nobody knows because no one from the wrestling world wants to talk about it because it's kayfabe, right? Which is the title of the first episode, which is the parts, it's the parts of the wrestling world that you just don't talk to the public about, right? It's like a magician doesn't give away his tricks. And I've been so fortunate to be backstage at, at, at a giant WWE pay-per-view at Monday night raw at a independent show for ring of honor at, at a, what looked like a fucking hockey rink in San Antonio or something of the like. And at the biggest independent professional wrestling show ever uh, in Chicago in 2018. And just knowing what it's actually like behind the scenes if I ever felt like anything was wrong or anything didn't, didn't look right, I would speak up. And the cool part about heels is that Michael Malley, uh, Pete Siegel, who's an EP, but directed six of the eight episodes or Jessica Lowry, who directed three and four. If anyone was ever not sure about anything, I would be consulted. And it was, you like that. I love it. I love it. I felt like, for reasons that I, I think are obvious because of the place that I was in my career when I, when I accepted this job, I am much more of a partner on heels than I ever was on arrow. How so? Just because of more of the consulting and well, things like think that? about, think about when you were hired as, as Lex on Smallville, right? Do you remember approximately what you made? in your first year doing the show money. Yeah. Money. We don't need to talk about this specific figure, but I'm sure you remember. Yeah. I remember. Would you have done it for free? For free? Yeah. Like if, if you knew, if you could go back and you could look at what Smallville was and what it's done, what it, what it, what it, what it's done and what it did for you. Like when I, when I got, when I got arrow, I know what I got paid in that first year, but I also know that if Warner Brothers was like, we want $800, Paid to us per episode, and then we'll start paying you next year. I would be like, okay, right? So you go on to that show as 
someone that they hired. I came on to Heels as a partner. It's not a criticism. Yeah. It's not a criticism of the prior no, job. No, it was just a different. But it's just a different thing. Right. This was, they offered it to me. This show got greenlit because I said yes. So you just walk in with a different relationship. That makes a lot of sense. You're an EP. I'm not. You're not I an would, EP? I, I'm not an EP. I would, I would, I would like to be. Um, we haven't formally had those conversations. This is not a passive comment. I would like to be an EP because I feel like I actually bring, I would like to be an EP because I actually feel like I would bring value as, as an EP. You wouldn't be just an actor with an EP credit. No, no. You do the hands on. You no, I mean, work. one of, and, and listen, like I, I know, I know what I could do as an EP. I don't know what, I mean, we have two wonderful EPs in our show, Julie Yorn and Patrick Walmsley. And the reason that I know that they're good is because everything runs smoothly and I have no fucking idea what they do. So I said to Patrick, I said, like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. I'm serious. And, and I mean this as like, the high, this is the highest form of compliment because you probably put out fires on a daily basis. And he goes, I do. And I go, I've never heard about one of them. And good he producer. Goes, That's what I do. Okay. That's a good producer. That's a you fucking You don't want to know about producer. the problems. If you're hearing about all the shit that's going on, you can't focus. You can't do the best you can. Did you, when preparing for this, did you have any input in terms of like, I want this to kind of have the grit of like a wrestler, the movie, The Wrestler with sure. Mickey Rourke mixed in with, you know, something else. But you want the... Did you talk a lot about what it's going to look like, how it's going to feel? Because there is that grittiness and that darkness and that it's not just a light show of uh, this little town where, you know, they're doing independent wrestling. There's some shit that goes on. And, you know, the fact that, you know, your brother is kind of a fuck up, but he's supposed to play this nice guy, yeah. who's, uh, you know, that you're wrestling in the small town. I mean. Did you have a lot of input into like you like, I want to know what this is going to look like. What's your vision? The nicest thing that I can say about the pilot and my manager, Michael Garnett said as well. And she said, when he, after he saw the first episode, he goes, that is exactly how I fucking pictured it when I read it. That's great. And it really was. Yeah. And the thing that I'm most proud of, because I, because I did have an idea for it, but you got to remember that this is independent professional wrestling. So what does the Duffy Dome look like? It doesn't look like SoFi Stadium. Okay, right. it's a, big it's a fucking piece of shit barn right. that has character and it looks great when it's filled, but it probably smells like piss right. and stale beer. <laughs> and these guys are coming out and sure, the costume designer, Laura Bauer, Chris Bauer's wife, who's it, who I'm very, very excited for her Emmy win this September. It's going to be uh, a, a year September from now. Just hey, keep the receipts, please, on that one. Just time mark. <laughs> thank you. Um <laughs> You got to create these awesome, you know, wrestling, like wrestling gear. But it can't look too fancy because these guys can't afford it. Right. Right. I like the get up. I would not be seen. No, I like it too. But, you know, when the Macho Man or Ric Flair is coming out in those robes, those are like six, seven thousand. It would make sense for this independent wrestling. No, of course not. Or like or like when stars, I have a I have a match in episode three. And and stars had a note, like, hey, so when Stevens wrestling uh, Phil Phil Brooks, uh, professional wrestler CM Punk, some of the punches that he's hitting with don't look like they're actually landing. And the showrunner goes, well, 
I mean, it's uh, not real. It's not, you know, <laughs> he's doing his best and stuff like that, but it's not real. But the fact that Laura Bauer and the costume design, and she is, I assume, I mean, not like, you know, Game of Thrones money, but she has money to put towards wardrobe. It's the great fact that wardrobe. she can make it understated. Great style. It's fantastic. And the fact that stars can take a note like, yeah, no, 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 no. We're not going to explain to the audience that Steven's not actually hitting Phil. We're just going to assume like they were good with it. Right. And yeah, I forget what the actual question is. I'm just ex- no, excited. No, you, you answered. <laughs> were you nervous fil- filming in front of all these people, these wrestling scenes? No, man. You just were pumped up. You were I was in the so zone. Fucking pumped up. Uh, Pete Siegel, his son, Sean, uh, who is uh, at uh, at USC right now. Shout out to Sean. By the way, Pete Siegel directed one of our everyone out there's favorite movie, Tommy Boy. He's yes, also he directed did. everything else. And, and his the original my, and the original Leon, Longest Yard. And no. <laughs> I know. Sandler, I know, but they might have thought, uh, you know. No, but his um, his son is a, a composer and he composed my theme music. Ah, when your character comes out. I got to tell you, you don't get nervous because when your theme music hits and you're walking out and our extras at the Duffy Dome were extraordinary. It's 200 people. Yeah, the energy was really good. 200 people. They all had to enter into a COVID protocol and they all had to be moved around the Duffy Dome because we wanted to put 800 people in there but couldn't. Right. And these motherfuckers had to work like, 12, 14, 16, 18 hour days. And they brought it. They really did. Like, I, I, I mean, in, in a weird way, I think that the COVID oddly made them feel like a little bit more a part of the process because of what they had to sacrifice and what they had to do. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You've heard me talk about BetterHelp and it has helped a lot of people, a lot of my friends and family, and uh, it's just so important. I, I find therapy to be so helpful in so many different ways. A lot of us wish we had more time, but time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy can help everyone be the best they can be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. And you're doing your own stunts for the most part? Yeah. And so is Ace. What's his name? Alexander Ludwig. Alexander Ludwig. Now, I noticed he did this big backflip off the ropes. Mm -hmm. 
is he a, was he a stuntman? Is he an athlete? Was he a wrestler? Like, would it? Ha- no. Yeah, I'll tell you what he is. He's, I think, still in his 20s and two inches taller than me and 25 pounds heavier than I am. So thanks so much <laughs> to Stars and Lionsgate <laughs> for fucking casting my younger brother <laughs> as this guy. Uh, he is um, a fellow Canadian, grew up in Vancouver and loved freestyle skiing. And all that's just all like he knows how to do backflips and shit like that. And he's like, I should do a backflip. It's it's arrogant. It's, uh, you know, perfunctory. Like it it doesn't matter. That's what he should do. And he just climb up the top rope and just do it and stick it every time. Were they worried about you guys getting hurt? Because you, you, I know you probably are just like, I want to do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. And they're constantly like, fuck. Is, is this O'Malley? a leading question or do you know what happened the first day that we shot wrestling? No. Shit? Tell me. Oh, my God. So oh boy. when the show opens, you see me type in coast to coast and you see me do a coast to coast, which is you get up on the ropes on one side, you jump to the other side of the ring. Right. And you kind of like smash the, down you on you the smash guy. guy. You hit him with your feet. Right, right, right. <clears throat> And so anyway, we did the first take. I, I nailed it. I didn't I didn't jump as far as I wanted to. And I didn't realize they were going to cut to another camera that was going to be behind the guy that I was kicking. So, you know, depth of field. You can't tell that I came up short. But I watched it back on the monitors. And I was like, well, nailed that. I'm, you guys are all set up. We're lit. Let's just do it again. And the idea of doing it again was I want to get as high and jump as far as I possibly can. Mm. And I did. And I wasn't able to extend my body. So instead I landed basically sitting straight up with my legs perpendicular to my torso. Compression fracture, T10 and L1 vertebrae. Day one. Day one. Day one of wrestling. And the studio's probably livid. Oh my God. They're flipping well, out. They're not, they're not livid, but they're like, Really? Actually, because you hear broken back. And for the first 24 hours, I didn't think that I'd be back to work for months because every muscle around that area stiffens up, stiffens up. Oh, shit. They took me just because I I know you appreciate this with back stuff and neck stuff. They took me to the hospital. Now, once the muscles released, released, I was I felt fine. And I was back to work in like three, four days, not doing stunts until a, a little bit later, but it, it's healed. I'm all good. I was very, very lucky. Um, but, oh goodness, I forgot what I was going to say. About you you got injured and you thought you were going to be gone for months and then you come back. Then yeah, everything will get, oh, okay. So I go to the hospital and I'm in incredible amounts of pain. My wife is there and they're like, uh, scale one to 10, what? We don't know what's wrong yet. I haven't been x-rayed. Scale one to 10. How about your pain? And I go, because huh, I couldn't get a full breath. I go, it's a nine and a half. Nine that, and a half. That I go, it's a, I, go, death. I go, it's a nine and a half out of 10. I go, I'm an extraordinary amount of pain to the point that is making me introspective. Like I, I'm in, I'm in such pain that I am outside my body right now thinking about how much Holy pain fuck. Got, And the doctor goes, looks at Cassandra and says, is what's his pain threshold like and she goes it's very high and he goes okay morphine zofran because i was nauseous and valium pumped <laughs> into my arm and within five minutes Cass goes, how are you and i go is there a chick-fil-a close by <laughs> 
And one of the nurses says, uh, yeah. Why? I go, <laughs> really can you go get me a vanilla milkshake, please? She came back the next day because she wasn't allowed to stay because of all the COVID protocols because I had to spend the night in the hospital. Oh she God. came back the next day. She's like, what does this room smell like? And I'm like, vanilla milkshake? And she's like, yeah, why is that? And I'm like, because I've been sipping this fucker for the past 16 hours. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! So man. so when did you when were you able to start filming the, the the scenes again? Those scenes where you're wrestling. I heard it around Halloween. I uh, went back to went back to work uh, again three four days later. We filmed until Thanksgiving, and then we broke from Thanksgiving until early January because a lot of people had to be away from their families for shooting. Right. Uh, and then when I got back, I, I went back to filming wrestling stuff at the end of January. All right, so you had some months off to really. Now, were you worried about because you got COVID in the interim, right? No, I had just gotten back from having COVID. So, weren't you worried about losing all this weight and then you're injured and you can't really work out? Did you? I mean, because you were rich, you're you you are thick, thick. Thank you. That's actually what I was going for. On on this show, you look like you. I mean, that's the build of. I buy it. If you, you if you put me in a speedo right now. They would say this is the first anorexic wrestling. You can't, you can't be, you can't uh, have a, a physique designed for a, a, a poster where they do a bunch of, you know, um, uh, after touch ups. What, what do they call it with, with the with the with the camera? Like where you we fuck shit up that you make the image look different in a better way. Uh, special effects? Well, sure. Like when someone touches up something like Instagram versus... Oh, or, oh yeah, it, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Instagram yeah, yeah. versus reality. Right. Right? If four heels, like, if I walked around like with like an eight-pack, people would be like, no, this, this, I would get destroyed. I had to beef up my legs. I was like 25 pounds heavier than I am right now. What about James Harrison? He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did he ever? Right, big football player. How is it like working with this guy? And how do they cast this guy, NFL football player? How, how whose idea was this? First of all, James. You've and he's only, really good. He's really charming. Well, so James, you've only seen one episode. He he plays a guy that is uh, in recovery, that is that is uh, sober, and he opens the sixth or the seventh episode, uh, 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 giving the the leader's speech at an AA meeting, um, and he fucking nails it he is so good. and he had never really acted no and he threw himself into it he threw himself into it with the same i i gotta say that professional athletes I, i'm now getting into like a good groove of working with them because the the thing that they bring the thing that james brings is he attacks anything like he would attack training for a football season like i asked him about his monologue at the beginning of an episode is because it's long and he's like, bro, I've been working on that shit four weeks. We good. I'm like, okay. He's in the gym every morning at 4.30. His, his workouts are, they're legendary. Ryan, you were telling me. Yeah, he popped up on Instagram because he was playing volleyball with like with a, a, with a medicine, a medicine with a ball. ball. Yeah. Like, so James, I'm going to tell one James Harrison story. It's huge. Uh, do it. Do okay. it. All right. Here we go. I've got 11. But I'm going to tell one. When we all first got there in, in August, about a month before we went to camera, so basically a year ago right now, they built us a gymnasium, uh, the Heels Gymnasium, where James was, James was there every day, six days a week, 
at between 4.45 and 5 o'clock. He works out for two and a half hours, and then he sticks around and yells at me as I'm working out. But um, they're trying to schedule when we should work out, and they're putting some of us in the afternoon. James like, no one works out in the afternoon. Why is that, James? And this is the Bill Hill, the production manager. And while UPM, one of our producers, awesome guy, shout out to Bill Hill. He goes, hey, Bill, when you wake up, first thing in the morning, is your dick hard? <laughs> oh, my God. And Bill goes, oh. Sometimes. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> occasionally, James. Yeah, he goes, yeah. goes, well, that's when you work out. You work out in the morning before you eat. When your dick's hard. Otherwise, you're just trying to not get fat. <laughs> and that was it. So there are no afternoon workouts for the rest of the season. That's James. James is. Wow, that's amazing. James, we were listening to a song once in the gym and he says to me like, Stephen, I once tailed a guy in Pittsburgh listening to this song for two and a half hours with my boy. Okay. He followed him. He, follow, he followed a guy. And it, anyway, I, I, I'll tell you that story off the air. This is the fucking funniest story that I've ever, oh, man. ever he's such a, uh, he's a really wonderful and uh, thoughtful guy. And it, it would be super easy for him to think that a role like apocalypse on heels where he has, he has some episodes where he doesn't have a lot to do would maybe be beneath him as like a former NFL defensive player of the year. He's going to the hall of fame. Uh, he's going to be the first, I think he's going on the first ballot, which will make him the first undrafted player undrafted. He was not drafted to go into the hall of fame on the first ballot. Be very easy for him to be like, no, this is above me. Oh, excuse me, beneath me. But he, he wants to do this. He's committed. And he's really, really, really good. What do you love most about Heels? What do you love mostly about this show? Because what I liked is the grit, also the scope. I love how it was shot. I love the characters. And I really like that, especially in the, I only saw one, but the, it just was unpredictable at the end. Yeah. I just was like, I was looking with the fans in the uh, Duffy Center or whatever. Duffy Dome. Duffy Dome. Duffy, Georgia. And I'm, I've got my mouth agape because that was the, to me, I was just like, holy shit, what? It was just like this cliffhanger where you were like, it was, it was, it, it, it amazed me. I Did was, you want to watch I, the second one? Yes. That's what it, I'm saying. It made me want to watch the second one. Do you want to wrap this up early and hold hands and watch it right now? <laughs> or no? Well, what do I love about it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the words. I, Michael Waldron, uh, you know, just did Loki is doing the new Doctor Strange movie is doing Star Wars. He grew up in small town, Georgia, a big wrestling fan. And so he created this world. He knows it. He wrote it in a way that only he could have written these scripts. And what a dream role for you, though. I, I mean, mean what a dream role. And I got to tell you, the th- other thing that I like, God damn it, do I like the music? I love the music because it's, there's old shit. There's new shit. Yeah. There's a song that opens and closes episode three called Yamaha by Delta Spirit. 
You put one of my songs, it's in the bar scene, it's in the background, but you still put one of my songs in there. Is that true? Yeah, Sunspin song. There's a Sunspin song in your ep- uh, in episode uh, two. They told me it was in a bar scene. Is this what made me mad and got me thrown off the plane? Because I don't remember this at all. Really? But it I, is. What I, the fuck are you the talking about? The producer called me or the guy said, hey, we're putting one of your songs in the thing. I'm like, great. You, can't, you can barely hear it, but it doesn't matter. I okay. was just, uh, I still get paid. Sure. I got paid. Oh, and I like, <laughs> I like, the, first of all, that's terrific. Yeah. But Thanks, buddy. I like, and I'm thinking I'm, I'm having like flashes of this now, but I like the fact that we have an old school opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean with the. Sorry. We have a Smallville style mm-hmm. opening credits. With the characters. Oh, you see the characters. I, I love it. It's just fitting. Jeff Small Hurt, town. Jeff Hirsch, who is the CEO of Stars and just an all around wonderful guy, and put a lot on the line for the show because we were the first star show to go back during the pandemic. And they, I'm sure they had to spend money fucking hand over fist to make this thing work with all the, with all the testing and et cetera, oh, yeah. et cetera, to keep everyone safe. And they did. Doesn't matter that I got it, that other people got it. There was not one transmitted case. Onset the entire year period, actually. Um, it, 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 oh no, I lost my. Train no, of what thought. you like about the show? All oh, these oh, things oh, that you oh, like oh, about the show. Yeah, and and now okay, this we're definitely gonna have to edit out because I forgot where I was gonna go about this. It was a little like, oh, just in general, like the the opening. I just love the fact that there's just opening credits. Yeah, it's I like so it good. too. It's and, just and, it's, and it's, it's got a, it's got a great like it's got a great like theme song, and I and I hope. Uh, taking it back to the opening of your podcast, never change it ever. Don't update it. It's period. my Don't. point. <laughs> hey, uh, I would totally marry your wife. Is Not that Cassandra. True? Oh, no, in the show. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she's fan- that didn't come out right. I mean, she's fantastic, and she was beautiful. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, she's pretty pretty woman. Not, I have not a, your I have wife. A, I have a good story about her that you will appreciate that you can't talk about. No, I, that I can't talk about. If you'd like. Well, let's hear it. I wanted to, I I did a very selfish thing. I wanted us to have this amazing memory together to help build chemistry for us in the show. So I did a chemistry read with Allison Luff, who plays my wife, and a few other actors in LA in... Jesus Murphy. It's either early 2020 or late, early 2020. And we came out of the session and I was like, I got in touch with Michael Malley, our showrunner. And I said, it's Allison. Like it's, it's Allison. It please let it be Allison. And he said, I agree with you, but you know, it has, we have to go through the process. And I said, okay, well, if she gets approved, can I call her? And tell her that she got the job. Because I, I don't know. I've watched Spielberg. That's sweet. I've, That's I've, nice. watched, I've watched Spielberg tell the kid from E.T. whose name I don't know that like he Henry got the Thomas. Job. Okay, thank yeah. you. Shout out. <laughs> and uh, he, he got in touch with me at like seven thirty at night on a Saturday, and he was just like, "It's Allison." I said, "Okay, can I call her?" Because she had screen tested like six days earlier and she's under a holding deal. Like she's so you called her. her. So I called her and she was in New York and she was out with her girlfriends. 
And she didn't pick up until like it rang for the eighth time. And I'm like, hey, she goes, I wasn't going to pick up. How are you? And I said, I'm, I'm good. How are you? She goes, I'm shit, Stephen. She goes, I've never, I've never lived in Georgia. She's like, I've signed this deal. I don't know what's going on. And if you're asking me, I'm out with my girlfriends and I'm frankly, I'm a little stressed. And I said, well, I just called to say that, uh, I can't wait to work with you. You got the job and go enjoy. And she screamed in my ear. Like, I can't fucking hear out of my right ear. For a second, screen. I thought you were saying that she already found out and she was upset that she was moving to Georgia. Uh, no, 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 no. For a second, I thought that, but that's fantastic. She screamed in your ear. Oh, she's, and it was, it was just, it was just the best. And I, and I, and I say that it was a selfish move and it, occasionally being selfish, I think is uh, appropriate and, and frankly, even can be helpful the, that I, I wanted us to have that memory. When she walks onto a set, I wanted to think about that phone call. Because as you know, I, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've gotten that call. It's a transformational, it's a life altering. Absolutely. Call. I did that with uh, an actress as did well. Did you? Yeah. Um, what sucks is I, I said, uh, you know, I'm going to call her because I got her to audition. I got her to be, get interested in the part because the guys liked her. And I was an EP and I... She got the part and I called her and said, Hey, it's yours. And she was so excited. And then for whatever reason, they didn't want to go back in the show. They didn't want to go back to the town where I was from. They wanted to stay where I was or ended up. So they didn't need that character anymore. (sighs) So then I had to call her and tell her that we're not going to be using her anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of brutal because I loved working with her and it was just like, God, I, I get, you know, I got, so the, you know, it wasn't great. All right, this is it. This is Stephen Amell shit talking questions from my lovely patrons. This is fast. This is rapid fire. That's not how I work, but I'm going to do it for you. You got to do it. Uh, Claudine N, how did you find uh, it doing that uh, accent? A little Southern draw. The good thing about doing Southern it. draw is, is Jack out. Spade is that you make it make it simpler. But if you're going to have to say something like you. Hey, hey, kiddo, sit over there, put your tushy on the floor. How are you going to say that if you're not doing a, a Southern accent? Matter of fact, I legitimately want to live the rest of my life this way. <laughs> it makes me feel so good. I love it. I, I can wear it. jeans. I can wear boots. D- can I do it the, the rest of the podcast this way? Or do you think I'm doing it? I don't bit? think you should, but I like <laughs> it. But by the way, I grew up in Southern Indiana and I have friends that talk like that. And when I go back home, I tend to jump into it and I start talking like that too. And I, it's very okay. easy for me so to jump So from back an affirmation it. perspective, yeah. how, how, to, how to do? I thought it was fantastic. Thank you. you know what I liked about it? I thought that it was subtle. I thought you weren't pushing it. And I thought that it could easily be pushed because there's an actor on Walking Dead who just fucking pushes the fuck out of it. And you're just like, Oh, well, hi. I know what you're talking about, Michael Rosenbaum, hey, but I'll tell you, you have a blessed day. Hey, there's another zombie. Yavor, <laughs> uh, Yavor, how was working with CM Punk, and is there a chance of seeing you wrestle in AEW? Uh, second question first. Yeah, I I would love to pop up in AEW. Uh, you know, Cody Rhodes is my my very good buddy, Matt and, Matt and Nick of the Young Bucks, all that stuff, and working with Phil. Uh, Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk, Punk, echoes everything that I said about James Harrison. Phil had a bunch of fucking words to say. He had a bunch of shit. And he was excellent. 
he was playing a character. He's playing that mid Carter on the indie circuit. He's playing a character called Ricky Rabies. When's this airing, by the way? Um, I don't know. Soon. Soon. Well, well in episode soon. three, just keep in mind. Well, regardless, this, people are going to watch it on Stars and they can binge it. Yeah, get the app. You got to get the app. I get fucking app. bought it. Thank I got you. Showtime for you. I swore on my mother's life. Well, it's is it? <laughs> I got no. I, I bought Showtime. It was ten. It, you you know, mean Stars? Stars. Why did I say okay. Showtime? You I said bought Showtime. Stars. I bought Stars. I'll you show fucking, you. Bought, you fucking bought Showtime for the Dexter reboot, and you're no, fucking no, no, conflating. No. I bought Showtime for the comedy store documentary and for the uh, UFO. But that Showtime Stars I got for you because I didn't know anything else that Stars had. But Stars has a lot of shit now that I look. But go I ahead. appreciate that. But go ahead. Everything that 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 James did. I mean, he had he had a lot. He had a lot of words to say. He really did, and he threw himself into it, and he was so good that we brought him back for our season finale. But if this is going to air after the third episode, just know that his character, Ricky Rabies, at our match, uh, flies uh, flies a possum drone from the entranceway of the Duffy Dome to the middle of the ring, and it, it levitates right in front of me and then spits blood all over me before our match. That's fucking indie wrestling right there. That shit happens. And it's amazing. Wow. I love that. Jesus. Uh, that's like Ozzy Osbourne shit. Denver W. Not really a question. Just wanted to say thanks for always sharing and opening up on the podcast. All of you are helping people and doing a good job at it. So kudos to you because that anxiety stuff. And whenever you open up and you just tell, I mean, it does help. So, well, I actually just so what, what was that person's name? That Den- was Denver. Denver. If ever i'm feeling bad or anxious which doesn't really happen that much anymore i think about the way that i was feeling in this room that we're in right now i'm like am i anywhere close to that no well then i'm okay it's a good way to look at it because you were i remember this room gets nicer by the way every time i come in it does i added some wood wood paneling Do you remember? Do you remember? You, I was sitting You're right sitting where, on this side. I was sitting right there. Where, yep. sorry, sorry, we're stoned. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And sorry, I, we're stoned. I probably would have laughed as opposed to start to cry. But I remember, remember, I just started to sweat. Oh, you're like, is it is it hot in here? It was December. I opened up a door. Sign? Yeah, Rosie. I was here. Rosie, I don't really, I, I don't really feel great. You were. I was, I was a little, I was a little worried yeah, and no, Ryan I was. I, I had experienced anxiety, so I was like, I know you're going to be okay. But Ryan was like, Oh fuck. Yeah, no, I, w- when you guys did the little <laughs> brief interlude between the the first time that I came, the second time right. that I came, uh, I've done my you singing voice, but my Ryan impersonation is, dude, he was literally falling apart right in front of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and, but rightfully so, you were doing so much. All right, listen to this. Steph A, really, this is a question that everybody wants to know. Do you have any plans to return back to the superhero genre? Have you been approached? Can you see yourself returning to uh, a reunion of Arrow or doing something in the superhero world? Or have have you not been approached by any of that? Or would you consider it if you were? Um, If I had been approached, I wouldn't say. But I have not. I think. Wait, what? (laughs) No, no, I know. know. Okay. Uh, (laughs) No, it made sense. I know what you're saying. You know, I I was thinking about this question as I as I drove here. And um, if if the opportunity ever came up to like do six to eight 
episodes of Arrow as like a limited series on Netflix or HBO Max or something like that where or on the CW as the case may be I think that'd be amazing so you'd do it if it was a limited series sort of like either streaming or under 10 episodes that was doable and you would do something like that uh no I actually wouldn't put a limit on it at all I think the idea of of uh, coming back and playing Oliver Queen at any point in my life is a really fun idea. Um, the example being, like, you know, Michael Keaton's about to be fucking Batman again. Yes, right? he is. I couldn't it's, be happier. It has been 29 years since he played Batman. It's been like six and a half minutes since I played <laughs> since I played Arrow. I know. I, I love, know. I know. I love. I love. I love playing Oliver Queen, and and just in general, the idea of like going going back to that character as I'm getting all these new reps as an actor and feel like I'm getting feel like I'm getting better. I mean, that's it's in, it's intoxicating, but it. From you know, hand to God, I have not been approached at all. Hand to God, uh, heels is on stars. I suggest you watch it. It's gritty. It's dark. It's funny. It's got everything you want. Um, you get to see this guy in a speedo. I don't know why the fuck you wouldn't want to tune in just those for are, that. Those are trunks. They're called trunks. Is that what they're called? Yeah, they're called I trunks. I could never wear those. I can never. Unless somebody really you can, you could on the show. And in fact, if you ever guest star on the show, you have to. My legs are so thin. It's not about the legs. You're not going to worry about the legs. You're going to you're going to worry. You're going to worry about the fact that people are going to be able to tell what religion you are based off of this. I'm not so much worried about. So 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 what you have to do is you you, you have to you have to cover you have to cover it up. So it becomes one one just general area uh, general package area not like oh that's where his dick is okay i wrestled in uh seventh and eighth grade really how i was quit that? to play hockey i was 16 and one uh uh eight of the matches i won by forfeit because i was so light in weight that no one was there to wrestle me <laughs> that's the absolute truth but I, I wasn't bad i could still do a cross face cradle i uh i was good i'm scrappy Mm-hmm. I, I knew how to do it. I could wrestle. I mean, this kind of wrestling is a little different. Yeah. And, you know, people say, you know, they could sit there and say, you know, it's fake and all this stuff. But the amount of pain that you go through, that these guys go through, is real. The 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 falling, jumping off the ropes and the hitting, you still are getting hit. Okay. You're so, still getting so, bruised okay, up. So question for you as someone that's has probably seen wrestling and has seen heels, but – doesn't know a ton about professional wrestling. That's probably true. Is that, is that true? That's very okay. true. What is the ring mat made of? Uh, heavy canvas. It is one layer of canvas over a giant wooden, like plywood. Are you serious? Yes. Plywood. Plywood. So you're falling essentially on wood and canvas. That's correct. Okay. Pain. And so the middle of the ring has the most give to it. And the outsides of the ring, like closer to the turnbuckles, 
have ostensibly no give, right? So, uh, okay, and and to that end, the ropes in the ring. Oof. What are they made of? Don't tell me like bridge wire or some shit. They are steel cables with tape over them. Okay, Act- so the, actually, why, why do they do that? Why don't they make them more comfortable? I don't, I don't, right? Wouldn't that be nicer? I do, I do do feel like, I I do feel like (laughs) the wrestling industry is occasionally like, like, like the, like the rich old man that refuses to buy a new nice TV and is watching the fucking Packers Rams game on standard definition. And you're like, come on, man. And he's like, my TV worked. That's how the wrestling, (laughs) that's how the, that's how the WWE does it. So, I mean, the gym that they built us, when we go there, uh, one side was weights and one side was a, a practice ring. And my warm up every day was just going and running the ropes and then taking a flat back bump in the middle of the ring, which just means falling backwards, fall down, hit the canvas. Well, it you know, stings like on- just to hit the canvas. Yeah, it does. Because if you don't tuck your chin and if you don't displace the impact, you're hurting yourself. Your head's going to snap back and you're going to get your bell rung. And so I, so you take the flat back bump. I take like, like five or six, just up, down, up, down, up, down. And then I'd run the ropes. And I know that I'm not actually running the ropes until I get the full mid thoracic adjustment that happens from the ropes. From hitting the ropes. It is no fucking joke. These guys, I wrestle CM Punk in the third episode, like we talked about. He spent more time in the gym warming up. He's two years older than I am, maybe three. Spent more time in the gym warming up than I did working out. Just limbering up his body. Jesus. It's fucked up. Real deal, Ryan. I don't want any part of it. Me neither. I want a stunt man. I want a good stunt man. I want to, you know. And a really good close-up right after I make impact. That's what I'm talking about. Steven, this is uh, awesome. You're always welcome. I hope you'll come back next year because you're, you're my, you've been on more than any other guest now. Is that true? You've been on more than Welling. I think this is your third or fourth. Oh, that's what I meant. This yeah. is my fourth. I, th- I think it is. It's fourth and a half. But it's, it's worth it. It feels like I mean, we, we talked about m- mostly different things today. Hey, how is Tom? I Tom's doing well. He just had another kid. Good for so him. So he's got two kids. You just had the one, right? Just Maeve. the one. Maverick. I, I know, Mavi. Mavi, right? M-A-V-I? Yeah. yeah. She's adorable. Yeah. I see all the pictures of you guys jumping into a lake and shit like that. And just, She's the best, man. What a joy to you. I can tell she, she is, brings so uh, much joy. Mavi, Mavi is uh, adorable, but it, she's, she's about to be eight in October. She's a handful, isn't she? She is a handful. She is, she is, she is her mother. She, she doesn't need, she doesn't need anything from anyone. She is her own person. She, and, and this has been supercharged by the pandemic because she hasn't had to, like, she hasn't been really interacting with people. So it's, it's about like her making up her own day, stuff like that. And she crushed it. Um, with virtual learning on grade one in uh, Miss Gary's class. And she's amazing now, but it's just like, it's, she's her mom. She's beautiful and smart. 
and thoughtful and doesn't like to be hugged. <laughs> just like her mom. Just like her mom. Her mom doesn't like to be hugged. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. All right, before you go, you just put the sunspin hat on for one second. 100%. This is my band's hat. He likes the hat. He's going to wear it. He didn't even know it was my band. Well, there it is. Now. Look at that. It looks good on you, dude. Look at that. Look over here. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. will if I can have one of the coasters. I'm kidding. You take one. No, I'm not. Well, I have so many coasters. I have so many as well. You have I, a lot we of co- it looks good. I have, I have, I have all. The, it, does it? You're going to want to say, you're, you're going to be like, why didn't I wear this the whole time? Oh, we do it? Should we should we start again? No. Hey, so I want to bring up the before we start. I got asked to get off a plane. <laughs> Stephen and Mel, thanks for allowing me to be inside of you, man. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Mike. I loved it. I loved all of it. I enjoyed that. I loved how he talked about uh, the plane. He wanted to just say, "Hey, this is what happened," mm-hmm. and he took blame. And he felt shame. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, you know, it was like a real conversation. A lot of people are like, I don't want to talk about this. Stephen always brings it. He always is up for talking about things. And I appreciate that. Don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I think that's the thing that everyone would have wanted to know about. And he wanted to come and tell you. He wanted to tell me. And I, I really love that. I love that he did that. And um, yeah, he's always got something going on, you know, whether it's COVID or he has an anxiety attack. Stephen, you always bring it. <laughs> I really appreciate so it. So dramatic. He is. And it's uh it's it's great. And he he loves the podcast and I gave him an inside of you hat and uh a sunspin hat. A sunspin hat mm-hmm. I gave him. And he's supporting the sunspin band. You can get a sunspin hat at sunspin.com. In fact, you can get 10% off right now if you go to sunspin.com. All merch 10% off. Rob is 10 is the password or code. That's not the word code. Yeah, code. It's, discount code code. discount code and uh go on the inside of you online store if you want lex stuff smallville stuff there's still some smallville lunch boxes funko pops uh inside of you merch uh new tumblers uh lots of great stuff go to the inside of you online store get 10 percent off and the discount code is ryan is 10 ryan is one zero it's like a big situation tom hanks yes the sunspin.com is rob is 10 one zero. Um, I will be in Atlanta, Georgia for Dragon Con this coming weekend. Come see me. Then the following weekend in Lexington, Kentucky at the Lexington Toy Con or whatever. And I'll be doing a Smallville Nights. We've already sold a lot of tickets. So uh, get your ticket. Get to Lexington. Get to Atlanta. West Virginia, I'll be there. Um, so September 24th, I believe, that weekend. And uh, lots of cool stuff going on, man. How are you feeling, Ryan? I mean, I feel all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Still doing the better help. Still doing the better help. Yeah. That's good, man. You got to keep, got to keep rolling. Got to keep <laughs> staying on top of your health, man. Yeah, man. Uh, what else have I done? Trying to exercise more. Yeah. You look good. You got the haircut. I like got the, the haircut. haircut. You the look haircut. suave. Thank Rico you. suave. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel lighter on my head. <laughs> good. That's, that's really good. It's tasty. Yeah. The lightness on top of my head is helping the lightness on the inside of my head. Maybe that's a thing. Yeah. I've seen a good movies lately. I saw this movie, oh. Blood Red Sky. Um, and it was fun. It was a little horror movie with Dominic Purcell. I met him at a convention and uh, I actually enjoyed the movie. thought oh. it was kind of dark and fun. It was kind of like a train to Busan on a plane. Oh, I saw the um, saw the Val documentary. The Val documentary brought tears to my eyes, man. How vulnerable is Val Kilmer that in that was documentary? It was interesting. I feel like there are some stuff that was left out, though. You do? Like what? uh probably from another perspective really mm-hmm. i couldn't help feeling you know like uh, other people's 
uh, perspective of how he was to work with and things yeah. like that. Yep. I think it, 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 it kind it, of brushed over that a little bit. It brushed over it, but... Uh, it's heartbreaking that he hated playing Batman, though. Yeah, I don't think he hated it as much as he hated the costume and he was limited and he couldn't move around. And then and, everyone else got to do the big, big parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, he didn't seem happy with that, but maybe it was a time in his life. I don't know. I'm sure he was difficult as fuck to work with. I'm sure he was very difficult, but also a brilliant actor. And sometimes with brilliance comes pain in the ass. The, the Twain was pretty incredible, actually. Yeah, as Mark Twain. Yeah. It's just amazing at the end. It's just a shame, the whole thing. I wonder if they could reverse his, you know, he lost his, uh, he had the throat cancer. So can they reverse that? The, you know, know, like, not the guy that, can you reverse that? And I'm know. not making fun of it. I'm just trying to. I don't know. It's heartbreaking, though. It is. It is heartbreaking. Uh, hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Patreon.com slash inside. If you want to give uh, a little more to the podcast. Um, I'll message you after. It's it's a really great uh, thing. You'll you'll really enjoy it. Look, go to p a t r e o n patreoncom slash inside of you. There's a lot of tiers, a lot of extra things, goodies, and things like that. I send boxes to um, my patrons and with little notes every couple months, and uh, we do a lot of fun things. And you get information before anybody else does, and discounts before anybody else does. So all my love to my patrons, and let's read out the patrons. Why don't we do that? Here we go, Nancy. D. Leah. S. Trisha. F. Sarah. V. Little. Lisa. U. Kiko. Jill E. Uh-huh. <laughs> I gave you that one. one. Brian H. Mama Lauren. Oh, I forgot the OG. Yes. Oh. Nico P. Jerry W. Robert L. Jason W. Apothean. Kristen K. Not Kristen. Crook. Amelia. O. Allison. L. Raj. C. Joshua. D. Emily. S. CJ. Did I get that one right, Emily? Y- y- you did. Yes. All right. CJ. P. Samantha. Uh, M. Yes, Jennifer. P. N. N. Stacy. L. Jan. S. Jamal. F. Janelle. B. Kimberly. E. Mike. E. L. Don Supremo. 99. More. Ramira. Santiago. Oh, um. I can't believe you're getting all these. N- this is the M. M. Sarah. V. Sarah F. Chad. M. Uh, W. Chad W, Leanne P, Janine R, Ray uh, A, Maya P, Maddie S, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda and you're N, N, right, Kevin V, James R. Holy shit, this is the furthest you've gotten, <laughs> Chris. Oh, Chris uh, H. Yes, and also Dave H. Yes, Spider Man. Chase. Sheila G. Brad D. Ray H. I can't believe what we're doing here. <laughs> Tabitha T. Tom um, N. Liliana A. Michelle K. Michael uh, S. Yes, Talia N. M. M. I'm mixing all the Betsy, ends. Betsy D. Claire V M Laura V L Chad There's another Chad L <laughs> Rochelle Nathan E Marion just listen to these because next time I'm gonna get you on these Marion Meg K Janelle P Trav L Dan N O Ajeta Ajeta Lorraine G Yes Carrie H Veronica K Big Stevie W Kendall, Jenner, T, right. Carol D, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K, Super Sam, Emily C, Coleman G, Den Vexen, 
Michelle A, Liz L, Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Sebastian K, Gavinator, Ann H, David C, Elliot M, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, Bono, Bano, The C, The C, Joey M, P.T. Scarborough, and Willie F. Give it up for Ryan, man. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, that's the furthest you've gotten. You've gotten a lot. I guess I'm doing it phonetically because I'm mixing all the M's and N's. It's hard. I don't know how you do that. Well, it helps when you have a visual aid. Yeah, I can't do it. I couldn't do this. You do it 77 times in a row. Yeah, I just don't have that comprehension where I'm like, I don't absorb what I read. It takes me a couple times to read something before I absorb it. Do you? Yeah, no, I I, I reread paragraphs all the time. Yeah, I think there's some kind of dyslexia or something with me. I just have slow learning curve, you know, like things I have to really, it's hard for me to focus and pay attention. And when I do, I can get it. Or if I'm really interested, then I'm really on top of it. It just depends how much I want to learn. That's true. Uh, this has been great. I love you guys. I appreciate you listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed Stephen and Mel. Please follow us, all that stuff. Please write a review. Spread the word, especially all my patrons who are probably the only ones listening at this point. Um, continue to spread the word. Get your friends. Get your relatives. Get everybody to you know ask them, please. And um, subscribe to the podcast because it really helps. And uh, we love you. From Hollywood Hills in California, I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan Tez. Uh, wave at that camera up there, Ryan. Bye. We love you guys. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you each week. Come back and see us. Ryan, he'll be sitting right there. All right. Thank you. Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. We have Lauren Bosworth with us. Yay! The Hills. So what is like your number one question from fans? The primary question I still get asked was, what, is it real? <laughs> <laughs> In 2024, to me, is a surprising question to get because I feel like everybody has been through the reality TV gauntlet at this point. What Women Binge, wherever you listen.